tapping, tapping to your purpose. Tapping, tapping. They act as if we see no hear no speak no evil. They act as if we see no hear no speak no evil. We tapping into purpose. Raw purpose. Raw purpose. We tapping into purpose. Raw purpose. Raw purpose. Yo yo yo, what's good? It's your boy Zay. Happening, it's your boy Rashad. And this is the Raw on Purpose Podcast. The raw on Purpose Podcast, where it's all about being the raw, real, and authentic you while helping you tap into your individual and divine purpose. And it's all about the conversations that we focus on, just on helping you tap in to that best you through your divine purpose and your raw, authentic energy, right? That's right. That's right. So we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us. You can find us on Instagram at raw on purpose underscore Facebook raw on purpose. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell on our YouTube channel, Raw on Purpose Podcast. And you can find us on all streaming platforms. If you have any questions, concerns, any topic ideas, any thoughts, or you would like to be a guest on the episode, hit us up purpose at gmail.com. We got fire for you today. We have two beautiful ladies in studio with us today. In the building. In the building. So uh, we have April and then we have Sanja here to, to, to give some weight to this whole conversation about independent women. Right? We, we've heard so many voices talk about what is an independent woman. Um, is it good? Is it bad? Um, is it a title that we sh- that that ladies should uh, strive for? Like, what what is that about? So we got some ladies to join us um, for that one. And and just so you know, we are in our marriage and family. So the reason why this independent woman's conversation is important is because it impacts marriage and family. It impacts how um, how ladies are in marriage and how they mother and how they are wives, how they are women. Um, those are the three areas in which God put in them their women first or their women their wives and their mothers um and then if you're not a mother yet um you're a daughter whatever fills that space but that's how we're kind of we, we kind of do what god does so we just want to dive into that real quick have a good conversation so yeah so without further ado let them introduce themselves ladies hey how are y'all doing good good doing good doing good Go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, I'm April. Um, what do you want to really say? It. <laughs> Just April. Just April? Okay. What, is, what did April Sanja? do? I don't know. Um, what do you say? April, April does a lot, but right now April is trying to follow a purpose and maybe do a little bit of um, clothing creation. So if you want to check me out, you can check me out on Etsy and Search um, tough T U F love L U V creation. All right. Nice. Dope. Um, I'm okay. Sanja. What am I doing right now? Yep. <laughs> um, I am a manager in operations management, but I'm also in real estate. So if you're looking for a realtor, you can follow me on Instagram. I guess it's <laughs> <laughs> Sunny Cartel with an O and two N's. Right. Yeah, you better tell them what your plug. You never know. Never know about the Atlanta metro area. She uh, and she's a HBCU graduate from and Clark I Atlanta. The Clark, Clark Atlanta. Yep, yep. That's my little cousin. <laughs> I can tell y'all some embarrassing stories, but I won't. That'd and be you a, won't. 
That'd be a different, different, whole different podcast. <laughs> but um, ladies, thank you guys for joining us. We greatly appreciate y'all yes. coming yes. in. Um, I thank think you, you guys have different things to add to it. You know, mm-hmm. young, um, thriving women. Um, I know April, you're you're a mother, right? I am. I'm how many? A how many children I you have got? Four children. All of my children are. Um, well. I have three young adults and one teenager. It's so true, y'all. Don't, don't, don't think she's lying. Like, this is not cat. I, I don't believe it. Kids, babies, like, they are, like, I have switched over to that, um, that different part in life. I'm still a mother, but I'm now, like, a life coach, too. So, okay. you know. Okay. That's important. That is. That is. Let's That's Actually, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, because... Wow. It's um sometimes moms seem to have a hard time with that transition. Yeah, I I just happen to not be one of those mothers. Um, mm-hmm. I love my kids very dearly, but I think it's a part of um, the way that my mother raised me, where she kind of allowed us. She talked to us about life and then allowed us to experience it. She was not a helicopter mother at all. Um, but she did love us, but she showed us she loved us by preparing us for the real world. She didn't sugarcoat things, and I love that. For me, I am not a helicopter mother. I want my kids to experience everything life has to offer. And I hate to say it, but you know, um, none of us want our kids to have to experience the bad things, but they're going to come. Um, nothing is perfect. I am not going to sit here and say I am a perfect parent because I am not. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. Right. And um, my kids, they're perfect in my eyes, but they too have their flaws. Mm. Um, I, I mean, but literally that transition over from being a mother when your kids hit that certain age, you do literally become in a sense, like a life coach to your kids. Yeah. You don't stop being a mother, but you definitely have to throw one another hat at that time as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, uh, I know for my mom, it was an interesting transition because like she still wants to try to parent and it's like, <laughs> I'm grown. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially now being married to take care of my own family. It's like, I don't need that <laughs> from you. This is what I need. It's like her not, you know, sometimes struggling to, to understand it. She's getting better at it, you know, but it's always um, interesting, um, you know, going through that whole process. So when we talk about, like I said, we're talking about independent women, um, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. When, when you guys hear, like, independent women, what, what comes to mind? What thoughts? Uh, what do you hear? I mean, have you ever been called an independent woman? I don't like when people I, I have been it, called actually. an independent woman. Yeah. I don't like it. For a while, when I was younger, it was like... It was a good thing. It was. Because it was a <laughs> like power, right? Like, yeah. you come from out of your parents' house, and you're like, oh, I'm independent. Well, doing I'm something. doing this okay. by myself on my own, mm-hmm. and it's great, and nobody. you can't tell me nothing. I don't need that nobody, part. and... You know, and then you mature. And uh, 
First, why do we? Why do you think that that's such a badge of honor today, to be? I'm a strong, black, independent woman, right? I guess because black women have had to overcome so many things, and um, because we've had to overcome so many things, um, I think a lot of black women see it as if they're not that way, it's weakness, like. I can just speak to also how a black child was raised and how, well, I would just say how we were raised because I feel like a lot of um, black parents as myself, we decided to try and raise our kids in a different manner. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I was just, I was watching All Rise and um, one of the cases was Hispanics. Like I didn't know that Hispanics dealt with the same thing black deal with, mm-hmm. like as far as, not, you know, the mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Back then, you know, in the black community, mm-hmm. nobody talked about any of their family members mm-hmm. that yep. had mental health issues because mental health mean weakness, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. with that being said, it was, you was raised, I was, well, I'm not you, but I was raised like, you know, don't ever let nobody see you cry. That's the, you know, that that's the sign of weakness. Yep. People can do this. So it's like, you know, whenever I had hard times or hard issues, like, Nobody ever seen me weak. You know, I would do my crying when I would work out on the treadmill with my hoodie on or uh, when I was in the mm. shower in my car, you know. But my kids, they never seen me cry. You know, mm. um, my exes, they never seen me cry. You know, it was just just that thing that we held in. So because black women have had to overcome so much, not just um, within our community, but others outside of our community. So when a black woman achieves something, and she does it on her own, and she goes through trial and tribulation. It's like, oh, she's a strong black, yeah. independent woman. It's like all of those are thrown together, yeah. and it makes it seem as if, and let me be honest, whether people want to admit it or not, everybody has had somebody help them through that strong black, independent journey of, you know, what it is, those titles mm-hmm. that they put on us. Yeah, exactly. Other people put it on us. They make it like it's a trend or something. Like when other people accomplish these same things, possibly not the same way we do, but when they do that, no one gets called those same exact adjectives or used to describe them or anything. Like, why why are you 
what is it about us that makes you feel like you have to use this specific thing as a compliment? But it's almost like an underhanded compliment mm. yeah. when I hear it from other people. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a guy at, uh, years ago. I mentioned it because, again, it was like that great title for me. And he was like, why do black women have to be strong black women? And kind of at the time, at the time it was like gun ho. Like somebody yeah. told me that I thought that was a compliment, and I was offended. Like, what do you mean? Because I'm out <laughs> yeah. here doing everything <laughs> on my own. Like, what do you mean? It's not that strong? we're not. And yeah, I'm not. And I'm not, I'm not even saying no. that it's a it's a bad thing. It's it's not a bad thing. I think it's how it's used in context. Yes, and the reason that they're yeah, definitely yeah. saying it. Yeah. it's not a bad thing to to be on your to be on your grind, like most people say. Or basically, it's just really success. So it's not yeah. even really strong. That's a good word. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's just really success. Success mm-hmm. at whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish in life. Yeah. Rather it be if you're trying to get your mental health together and you've achieved that, or you're trying to reach a goal and you've achieved that, or you're trying to go to school, whatever it is, it's just really success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think the enemy has done a great job of dividing men against women mm-hmm. to where, um, and it's crazy because it's, it's, if you listen to it, when you're, and you're between like 18 and probably I would say 27, right? You're all about I'm a strong, independent, right? And then it's like, it's because you don't understand life, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then you start getting punched in the face by life (laughs) around 27, 28. And you're you're like, yeah, I don't know about this whole independent, (laughs) strong, like I'm sitting here trying to hold it together. (laughs) And then because, you know, especially some people, they've championed that and that's been their life mm-hmm. throughout that time period. And then when they're sitting there struggling and nobody's there to help, and it's like, well, it's because you said you were strong. You said you were independent. <laughs> it can yeah. definitely be, it can <laughs> right. definitely be lost. Right. That, <laughs> it's I like, I don't need no man. And it's like, um, <laughs> okay, so what happens when you catch that flat? And you, yeah, you don't need, need to. Right. The flip side on I that, I mean, there's too, ways to get it done. <laughs> that strong thing also that is put on black women, it also, when you think of strong, when you were a kid mm-hmm. and your teacher said strong or you thought of strong, who did you think of? Typically Superman. Or just <laughs> a man a in man. general. A man. Yeah. yeah. Right? Strength, so yeah. when you're adding strong, independent black woman, I feel this is why so many of the stereotypes about black women continuously throw around it's that a for some reason we don't it, need yeah. a man. And I'm not, mm-hmm. let me not even go down this rabbit hole that this <laughs> was, deep it's thing, deep. okay? It's a deep hole. But I'm saying that in general because when that's thrown around to a woman and I've known, you know, white women to kind of embody that same thing mm-hmm. or women of other races, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's kind of like if it's anything of that type of woman, especially in this day and age, like men is like, oh, she don't need nobody and she don't need a man. And, you know, I'm sorry. Um, 
I'm tired of changing light bulbs and doing everything. <laughs> I do think on my I own. do think they are taught <laughs> differently. They're raised yeah, yeah. differently when it comes to relationships. So I don't know if it that's the reason why we're seen as mm. in that light because yeah. we're stereotypically the the household without the man in it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So even if they are a strong woman of another race, for some reason they have this foundation of still relying on a man for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Understanding right. that this is the man's role in this. And in our household it's like this is our role, this is our house. This yeah. is what we're doing. This is how we're going to handle this. Yeah. And it's a very masculine, you know. Yeah. Cuz embodiment. Cuz it from what um what statistics are showing is that um, majority of the people like criminals or, or people of lower income areas are raised by single mothers, mm-hmm. right? And then even here in um, April, you said, did your dad raise you? No, my mother. Right. So, and then I know for you, both your both parents, parents yeah. right? So it's like more people have the story <coughs> of one parent, mm-hmm. typically the mom so it's like that's all they saw was their mom getting out Mm -hmm. and getting after it and then it seems as though um that the the daughters and the sons are raised differently when the mother's raising right it's almost like um and i could be wrong but it's like um the the daughter is raised to be that strong independent Right, and then the son is raised. Can't even wash his own clothes. Right. <laughs> the son, yeah. The like, son is raised yeah. like a king. It's raised coddled. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 and and um, I. I am um, I am I am, in a sense, having to deal with that. But the thing, the difference is here is, um, all four of my kids were raised me and their father. And um, I have four total. My two boys are the oldest. Two girls are the youngest. Um, my oldest son um, is the exact opposite of any of that. He is like, we used to call him Pop Pop because he always had that. He was very mature. And right now to this day, got out, work, mm-hmm. paid all his bills, don't ask for help, feels like he needs to be the one to show how the other kids behind him because he is the oldest of like, Five, well, no, like six, six or seven, because his mother has some. Um, he's my bonus child that I'm talking about, but I raised him. And so, whereas my youngest son, you would think that he was raised in a different household than the rest of my kids. Mm. He's completely different. Mm. He is one of those entitled, mm. and I have absolutely no idea where he gets it from because my two daughters, 14 year old, straight A's works a part-time job. I don't have to work her up. I don't have to do anything. She does it all. My oldest daughter, she has disabilities, but she goes to Georgia State, works a job that's the same thing. But I have my son who has that, and I don't know where he gets it from. <laughs> and it's... I don't know if it's, it's a bad thing. And then, I don't know. It, it, he, it, it he must has be to a good thing. Life. He has to do that, but I understand yeah. what you're saying, but I'm saying this in a token to where... Mm-hmm. I see women yeah. that I know <laughs> that yeah. does that yeah. to their sons. <laughs> yeah. And I had to say this one time, and I will say it again. The same women that are doing this to their sons are the same women mm-hmm. that talk about men yep. 
that say they need to get they <laughs> together. Yeah. But you are it's literally doing to yep. your son what their mothers yep. did to them. Yeah. Sheesh. Sorry. She just read that whole family. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the that's the crazy thing about this whole war is um the again, talking about the strong independent black woman, right? And it's like, yeah, you know, when Father's Day comes, the mom's like, Yeah, I need to be I'm the father and the and it's like, well, no, you're not. Because if you were the father aspect of that, we wouldn't be in the poverty. Our kids wouldn't be going to prison at the rate. Because if the father's not in the house, there's just a level of discipline, right? And that's statistically. Oh, statistically, yeah. right? Yeah. Statistically, you talk to criminals, it's like my dad wasn't there. So it's like, okay, strong, independent black women, y'all are doing such a great job raising your children, right? And I'm not throwing off on because there are, uh, there are exceptions to the rule, right? Mm-hmm. There are some mothers that have done an amazing job raising their kids. But it's like, and then even, even those moms be like, I did it all by myself. And it's like, you can't even say that for the simple fact you had teachers that helped your kids. You had daycares that had to take care of your kids. You had neighbors that watched out for your kids while you were, because I could say even coming out of a two parent household, like we still had neighbors watching us. So my parents didn't even do it themselves. The community did. Right, so that's why this whole idea of independent woman, right? And then if you ever notice, there's never a conversation about independent men, right? We don't like there's no celebration for men that are single fathers. They're not independent. They're just oh, that's your responsibility, <laughs> right? Like, but it's like no, yeah. it's it's both sides' responsibility. Like yes, let's champion the moms, but let's also champion the dads because they all have an equal role in raising the children. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I don't want to take away um, from the role that single mothers play because let me be honest, and me and Rashad have had this conversation before. Um, <laughs> being the only parent there, when I tell you, even though you have a village, it still does not compare to being the only parent there. It is still a fight. It is. And, you know, even though my kid's father was in their lives and still is to this day, we did split apart, you know, in the middle of my kid being raised. And it still does not compare. It is still a tough job, even when the other parent is in a life, in, in in the child's life. But I say this to say that this is why I say to women completely, um, if the father is going to be there, and sometimes it can be difficult, let him experience raising that kid. Right, remove your feelings from Like, literally. Let him experience doing that because you didn't, your kids wasn't born with you being a perfect parent, Mm -hmm. and you had to learn. Yep. So let them learn as well, and and I say this, you know, light light hearted. Um, Cisco, live your life. Um, let him babysit them kids. Mm. <laughs> take that vacation. Sorry, sorry, not babysit. Let him <laughs> take Why care of his kids <laughs> while you live your life, sis. Yep, I agree. Like, really, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I, my sister is a single mom, and watching her and trying to be like. 
um, through the pandemic, we all lived together. So kind of trying to be the father figure for my niece. But I know it's not the same as the dad being there, right? I've seen the behavior issues and I've seen things and it's like, you know, you can't, even like, um, like God brothers or little brothers that I've been like the, the father figure for. And then you watch them still make mistakes and it's like, yo, like I've lived a life to show you like this is the example. And then it dawned on me, it's like you, you can't, you can't replace their father, right? And like we said, like there's like moms, you gotta let the you gotta let the dad be the dad. Like even experiencing having my first child, and my wife's always trying to. It's like yo, like that is my child too. You gotta let me parent how I parent. I let you do what you do. Let me do what I do, right? So even segueing into like as we're raising children in marriage, how do you? How does the, the idea of the independent woman kind of conflict in terms of what marriage is, right? So I'm about to say a word that triggers <clears throat> a lot of women. Um, and I just, I like to live life according to, <laughs> to, to what scripture says. Oh, okay. And it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And then he goes to women and he says, women, submit yourself to your own husband, right? So now, <laughs> so... So the whole independent woman thing and then having to submit, right? First of all, why do you think that the word submission is such a trigger word? Like, why is it like you hear submit and it's like like somebody just stuck you in your rib, hit a vital organ, and turned it to where you, like, bleed out? That's, like, the response. Uh, uh, submission used to be. A trigger word for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm submission not is not a trigger word for me anymore, mainly yeah. because um, when you change the type of people that you mm. allow in Speak your on life, Speak on that. <laughs> you start to get a better understanding of certain things. Submission is not scary because submission is never scary when it's given to the correct person. Yeah. So. Um, submission is only scary when you're dealing in drama and mess. And the you know unknown. That, that person yeah. does not have your best interest at heart. And I had my pastor once tell us, you know what love is? Mm. Love is when you love someone more than you love yourself. So sometimes you often do things that's not in your favor, but in their favor because you love that person and you do not want to see them hurt. So... Submission does not scare me at all. Yeah. I'm not triggered by it, but I think it is a control thing. Mm. Um, when it comes to submission, it's like saying you don't have control in a certain situation, or you feel like you don't have control over yourself if you're submitting to someone because you're giving someone like power over you, or you're being vulnerable to the fact that it allows someone the ability to hurt you, mm. and mm. that thought process because people have been consistently beat down yeah. <laughs> in the past to get to the point of meeting someone where you're willing to submit to them it's scary so yeah. that that word can make you feel out of body like like why would I want someone to have control over me it's, mm. I feel like that that can be the thought process in it but it, it's not triggering I don't know if it's just because if that's a stubborn part of me <laughs> or if it's just like Understanding the the male role in the household, you know. 
So I have a question. So why is it it just <clears throat> conceptually? Why does it seem like more so in the black community that submission is more of a trigger word or something that feels like you're losing control compared to other um, racist and ethnic groups as far as like how the women submit to their husband? Like you said, Eric April. <laughs> Like what is the worthiness of submission? <laughs> like what make what makes the what makes uh, a man worthy of submission? Mm. What are those things? Okay, that's three different questions. Okay, <laughs> so mainly first, first of all, um, <laughs> <laughs> like break it down. Things <laughs> things that was built up over hundreds now of years. Yeah. Let me tell you, we're not this. It, it's it's not going to be broken in our damn age. Yeah, yeah, that's that's our reality. We we know, and and everybody can hop around. Oh, that was hundreds of years. Let me tell you something. Epigenetics is is real. Okay, um, things being passed down is real. You know, just like mental illnesses can run through families and all of that. All of what we've been through is in our blood and our DNA. So in the black community, you know that sense of fear because hurt has been put so much so many ways. We were all put against each other. Yeah. And in reality, like not even a full decade ago, it was always the lighter skinned blacks against mm. the darker skinned blacks. Like yeah. and and right now we're still being put against each other. Yep. So mm -hmm. with that being said, we have never had our communities be built on trust and hmm. I think when we was at our strongest which was coming out of slavery and Jim Crow and all of that somehow all of that died down because again I'm going to go back to our grandparents and this is not far we talking one to two generations ago how many of y'all know black men that had two households Yeah, and we talking about yeah. like one Two generations ago. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, and I hear a lot of people say, oh, the black relationship lasted so much longer. And in honesty, like women had to depend on men for everything. You, couldn't you could you not couldn't do, do it on you your own. Your name. Yeah. You couldn't. Yeah. So no you way. had to stay. In order to survive survival mode, yeah. you had to be married. It was, you had to be with a man. So when it comes to black women not being able to trust, that's because this is this is what we've seen for mm -hmm. so many years, and we've seen it just in one to two generations removed, which is, I mean, I know for a fact what my grandparents went through. No, my grandfather didn't have a whole nother house, but I, I know that he did do infidelity, and a lot of people, I know so many people born from men that were married. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, again, like, the trust, that it is just so much trust, and because women once a woman is burnt one time i watched this um with my sister when a woman is burnt once after they have put everything it does something to them it really really does i have seen it happen to too many of my friends mm -hmm. and my family members it does when a woman gives her all and she is beat down because a man has taken advantage of that it turns them. It's like almost like they go to another side. And some of them never recover. And they never come back. And again, that's the other thing with the stigma of not going to get help. Mm -hmm. You know, to recover. I mean, 
being hurt in a relationship is the same thing as experiencing a trauma. It's if very traumatic. <laughs> yeah. In Iraq during that time, or if you yeah. have any type of PTSD or were robbed, it's the same thing. It's a trauma, and you needed to get help. But because they don't, you know, we do what most black people have been. We just, you know, push it down, yeah. get up, yeah. tie up keep our bootstraps, and keep living life and act like it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You have anything you want to add? I, no, I. <laughs> she said majority of <laughs> what it is. Honestly, it, it is rooted in trust. Yeah. Nobody wants to get caught slipping consistently at that. <laughs> like yeah, that if, trust. If you see it, yeah. if it's happening, if it has happened to you, come on. You don't, you're afraid, which is, you know, the reason why I think relationships yeah. aren't. Oh. And then it sets you like back. Now, There's, there, it sets you back. You get caught slipping. You submit to someone. You Like you said, you put your all into something. And then that can mean trusting them with different parts of your life because you can be independent in very many different ways even in a relationship but if you're codependent or if you're with that person you're submitting to them you're allowing them to have say or portion in a lot of things and then they lose your trust like starting over yeah so here's the other part of question what what are those factors that make a man submit worthy and you, there, there's mm-hmm. no way for me to be like, oh, he needs to do for you this. He need like I don't have it. I'm just okay because I'm a spiritual person, and I go off of people's energy. You're gonna know Same. yeah when you have completely set and set back in your life, and you have figured out who you are, and you have figured out what you want because mm. most people go into relationships and they have no idea what they want. When you have done all of that research on you, okay, when you're not talking about money, I'm not talking about anything that's tangible, I'm not talking about any like sex or anything that makes you feel good, not when you know what you want and you are spiritually connected with yourself and you are now putting your energy and spiritually connected with that person, you're going to know. Not everything has a list of items that can be named as to what it is that makes somebody feel. For sure. Because whatever, just like you just said, whatever makes me feel comfortable or whatever I feel like I need in my relationship, she may not need in hers. That's what I'm saying. And so, but there is no list for me. It's like, there is no list. Like, okay. What do you, what what, what does a man do? Now, okay, what, what energy what make you be more in a submissive standpoint? What What is it about that man that will just make you be like, okay, is it like his consistency? Is it him like like kind of keeping his word? Is it like right, his character? Like you already anything know like, consistency because these men yeah. consistency nowadays are dating. It's just like thrown out the window. Okay? <laughs> you can't keep that. I mean, I don't know what it is to make, you know, like keeping keeping attention. But I understand because I, I me, can't say I'm the most consistent person with, <laughs> when it comes to dealing with other people at the time. But I definitely okay. would say reciprocity. Yeah. Like my, that I, I, I mutual energy. Consistency. Yeah. I, I would go on consistency and um, just, I guess, feeding into me. And, and <laughs> when that comes, yeah. it's just like, the supportive role, um, spending time, you know, one of my love languages, quality time, and 
it's quality time. You know why? And this may sound selfish of me. I would like for people to give me the one thing that they can never get back, and that's your time. And it's mm. gone, it's gone. Yep. Um, and if you can give me something mm. that much of your life of, of yourself, that is a start to Priceless. me wanting to literally, yeah. you know, um, be submissive to you or start to get more of myself. Mm. So you said uh, reciprocity. Yeah. Go into detail. Like, why is that <coughs> important to you? You just don't want to feel like you're doing something by yourself. You don't want to feel unbalanced or unequally yoked if we're going to take it to that point. You don't want to feel like you're consistently doing something for someone or being present in a certain moment and that person is never meeting you there. Like you're just showing up by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. What, um, and as he said, what does, how does character play into that? Right, so you know, reciprocity is one thing. Um, giving to somebody giving you time is something else, or is one thing. But character, how, how, what, what role does that play in uh, a, a person that you're willing to submit yourself under? A person's <clears throat> character is everything to me. I'm, I don't like to speak of my own character. I like to <laughs> for other people to you know figure that out about me, but. I think it determines how you move, like the type of person you are, the type of decisions you make, um, how you treat other people. Um, it lets you know like who you are and what you would do in certain situations. And it's all telling about every single thing. So it, it's very important. It's at the top of the list, I would say, for sure. If there was a list. But <laughs> said list. <laughs> but character is important, yeah. Um, I had something in my mind and then it went out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I do so much of, of watching people um, around me and people in my life. So, I don't, my energy guides me a lot, y'all. Like, I don't even pay attention to a lot of, like, physical things, I feel everything before I physically pay attention to it. So if a person energy is not good to me, I will literally just walk away. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but as far as like character go, I could just speak on what I'm dealing with now. And um, I want to feel that, like I'm, this, I'm yes. a, look I'm an empath too I feel like you're empath. Mind, I feel like, like I need to feel in that whatever like you're feeling mind, right now. you know it's just so it's just it's it's little things that build up to just just knowing y'all some sometimes some things is hard to just explain and it's like one of them things that is like difficult for me to explain. Not that I know what character is, you know, or whatever, but I just, I feel like, I don't know, I just feel it with people. It's energy <laughs> for me. I just, I can't explain it. Like, I just, I can't. And I have very great people in my life, but it's not one of them things that I guess I sit to try and explain. But 
Now y'all gonna have me at home in That's my awesome. head at night thinking, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what, a, what a word. <laughs> well, if you can put well, it into words. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, That's, I'm, look, my therapist would give me a wheel. This is the emotion wheel. Yeah, like, yeah, how right? does this make sense? Yeah, what is yeah. this? <laughs> That's good, though. And, and, and good. I'm glad we're planting seeds to think about. Um, and for you that are listening, seeds to think about. Like, you know, when ladies were talking about you being independent, you being strong, when it comes to when you meet that mate, what is it about them that makes them worthy of you submitting to them, right? So uh, we're going we're gonna to take a brief, you know, actually, we're, the conversation is going so well. We're going to do a part two. So you guys want to make sure you stay tuned. Come back. Right, for part two. Number um, two. So, ladies, we appreciate your time. We will definitely see you in part two. They will be back. Yeah. If you guys Yay. have enjoyed them, let us know. <laughs> hit yeah. the comment, comment, hit the subscription bo- um, button, notification so you yeah. don't miss a thing. Yeah. Um, again, you can find us on Instagram at Raw on Purpose underscore Facebook, Raw on Purpose. Find us on YouTube, Raw on Purpose podcast. And then we are, stri- we are streaming goodness we are streaming on all streaming platforms raw on purpose and you can email us at raw purpose at gmail.com so if you have any thoughts anything please let us know yeah independent women drop some stuff we want to hear from y'all too yep. in the comments so definitely yep. Yep. chime in please. that's it so until next time it's your boy zay and it's your boy rashad and we're here with april and sanja till then uh, this is the Wrong Purpose Podcast. That's right. See you next time. <laughs> tap in, tap in. Tap into your purpose. Tap in, tap in. They act as if we see no hear no speak no evil. They act as if we see no hear no speak no evil. We tapping in.